0: We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the red Sox Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news and tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fear you? We wasn't raised on a sick code, I'ma spare you. Is not a scene that you can compare to. You might as well soak it all in while you here dude. Cause this is the birthplace of rap, RP the pun. Yeah. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. I uh-uh. said, birthplace of rap, R P the Pun. Yeah. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx, with A. Bronx with love from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love from the Welcome everyone to our lovely podcast. Karen here. Dom, Hi. how are you doing? Doing well. How was your weekend? My weekend was actually
1: very good and productive. I do want. I'm. I didn't pull this up earlier, but there was this one tweet that I saw, and I'm never really someone who's into platitudes at all. You know how I am. I'm just like, I hate like anything that sounds really trite or like sounds mm-hmm. like um. Uh, what are those things? Um, the thing. What is it called when it's like everyone says it and it's kind of like lost its meaning, but it's like a general
0: saying. I guess like a like a mantra or something.
1: Um, cliche. That's <laughs> oh the word. cliche. Okay, that is the word <laughs> that I'm looking for. So I really <laughs> hate things that are very cliche. But there's this. There is this one tweet that I did see and I thought it was amazing. And it wasn't, it's not cliched in the way that's like you hear it all the time, but like you do know this. It's something you, you people have a knowledge of, but it's hard to put into practice. So like, this is, I'm going to repeat a cliche, okay. easier said than done. That's a cliche, something that someone says yeah. all the time. Oh, this but cliche. Th- Yeah, (laughs) but this is, um, I wanted to share it because I really, really liked it. Um, And the user, her handle is, or their handle, I'm actually not sure about um, their pronouns. Oh, right. Um, Simi Moonlight, so if you have a chance, go look through their um, timeline. But this one tweet was really um, great. And I read it right when I was, like, in the throes of, like, a creative revival. Um, And it says, it's really important to be patient with your creativity. Nurture it. Let it flow. But do not criticize it for being still. Sometimes the greatest creations are birthed from stillness.
0: Hmm.
1: And I'm like, oh, my gosh. That was two days ago. That was my whole. I was like, oh, I'm so behind. I had a very specific three month window set aside for me to work on things and life just happened. And then life happened and I'm getting older. I don't bounce back to things as I usually do. So like in undergrad, life would happen. But like, if you had to take, write an essay, you had to write the essay, you know what I'm saying? And if you had to take the test, you took the test with life happening. That's not me anymore. (laughs) life happened and i didn't have to write my script. you know what i'm saying right life happened and i didn't have to put together a pre-production packet Mm -hmm. like life just happened and things had to be put aside and creatively those things were being put aside um so like two days before reading that tweet i was like oh my goodness i'm really behind i just like need to pick it up and then Getting very um, overwhelmed with the things that I need to start picking up. And then I did take a really, really good rest and kind of just, even though I was like, oh, I need to pick things up, I didn't actually do anything. I just like (laughs) stayed in bed and watched reality television and like really took care of myself. And then kind of overnight, I. Decided, I was like, I'm gonna to go to the library and I'm gonna pick out the books that I need for my research. And then I downloaded Evernote, and till the, till now, up until this morning, I've been consistently reading and consistently writing. And I was like, wow, beautiful. You just like you have to be patient because there is no real time line <laughs> on this. And like, I'm very much the person who's like, oh, I need to be like inspired, and then. Um, very much still that but like it's inspiration plus daily dedication
0: yeah I feel like you make a good point where you say like when you're in college you Mm -hmm. have to take that test no matter what you have Mm -hmm. to write that paper no matter what because Mm -hmm. it's basically like someone is holding you accountable exactly but when you set certain I guess, goals or deadlines for yourself, Mm -hmm. that's when you kind of fall into that habit where you're like, ah, I can do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or I'll just leave it for next week because no one is really, like, chasing you for it. Mm -hmm. Um, That has happened to me as well, especially, like, these past couple of months. And now I look back and I'm like, what the hell did I do with all this time? Yeah. (laughs) But... I realized that I needed this time of, like, not doing anything in order to just kind of, like, fuel myself for this new stage. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. (laughs) So, I think we're both going through a couple of changes. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been more of, like, okay, what new habits, I guess, can I start That will help me improve my professional life as well as my personal life. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. I actually do want to write a little bit more. Obviously, I don't do the type of writing you do. But for me, it's more of just like whatever happened in the day. Maybe like write it down or whatever it is that I am planning just to write it down. And I spend a lot of time commuting And I feel like that's a good time to take advantage of. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like also when we look back and we say, like, what have I been doing with all this time? And, like, we really did allow ourselves to rest. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm very grateful that, you know, this time was set aside um, where, like, a lot of things happened in my life. And I'm like, okay, if I was really in the throes of something big, a big project, or doing something huge at work, um, I couldn't have been able to take care of my family or take care of myself in the way that I have been doing in the past couple of months. So I'm kind yeah. of I'm actually really grateful that it the timing kind of panned out. <laughs> right. Um, but also I feel like we'll look back and be like, what did we do? We rested and then we... We, like, just talked a lot of nonsense on online. Well, I did talk a lot of nonsense online. And then people are, like, and then when it comes time to, like, really debut the things we have to debut, our projects and whatnot, and, like, we're going to consistently be debuting projects, people are going to be like, whoa, you guys came out of nowhere. I really <laughs> feel like that's going to happen. Because, like, online, if you read through my timeline, you only think I eat cookies and watch, like, The Real Housewives.
0: <laughs> Well, that's the thing that I feel like social media—you only show a certain part of your life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So obviously, people are not seeing like all the the behind-the-scenes. I guess that you're doing because all you're doing is tweeting about cookies and reality TV. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that your whole life revolves around it. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Once you bring out your your future uh, projects, they're gonna wander like. When did she do this? They're
1: going to be amazed. But trust and believe it, it's not a one-hit wonder story with us at mm-hmm. all. It's oh, like no. a almost five-year story. <laughs> in the making, But we do have really big things in the works. And um, as usual, we are going to take you along the journey with us. But, yeah, that is what happened this weekend. <laughs> 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 All of that
0: happened this weekend. All of that happened this weekend. This is a great set way to talk about a movie we watched recently. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this feels so, so good. And actually, it came out close to the weekend. I know Mm -hmm. that most movies now come out Thursdays, if I'm not mistaken. See, I didn't know that. I feel like it used to be Tuesday. I thought it
1: was Fridays. We're all over the place. (laughs) 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 I don't normally watch movies in the opening weekend. That's a thing I don't do. Right. I'm like, I don't think I've ever done this. No, it's rare
0: for you, I know.
1: Yeah, it is rare for me. Um... But (laughs) I will say, as I'm talking about how online I've been, um, probably 70% of the reason why I did buy tickets for the opening weekend was that because I know I'm going to be online, and everyone's going to make jokes, and there's going to be a ton of memes, and I don't want to be left out of the loop. So I paid (laughs) $12.79 to not be a loser. (laughs) Um, Peer pressure.
0: (laughs) Oh, for me, it was a little bit cheaper, just because I saw it during the weekday in the morning. Oh, nice. And movies are cheaper at that time, so I paid $7.50. What?
1: I don't think I've ever seen that price in... No.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what... And I was a little bit shocked as well. I was like, wait, what? I need to come more often during the week. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of doctor's appointments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah, so the movie Us, which was written, directed, and produced by Jordan Peele, this is his like, sophomoric film. His first film, critically acclaimed, um, Get Out. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm familiar with Jordan's work, and I did really like Get Out, so I was like, okay, I think Us. Is worth seeing, um, despite the fact that I actually don't like horror.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not a horror um, film buff at all. I'm, I I think I mildly tolerate horror films, <laughs> Just mildly. Um, and Us did look a little bit scarier than Get Out. To be honest, it wasn't in my first initial impression as scary as it was advertised or as people made it out to be it's not yeah it wasn't something that made me you know made like scarred me made me want to go home crawl underneath the bed
0: yeah it's not something that you're gonna have nightmares about right or that you won't be able to sleep at night because you're so scared of it
1: um but yeah so really quick like high level synopsis the film is about a a family a pretty young family that vacations in santa cruz lake house um there's a beach nearby and um the mother played by lupita yongo fabulous lupita um Her name is Adelaide. So Adelaide, the mom, she had like a traumatic childhood experience um, in Santa Cruz, where she originally is from, in the same beach. And it kind of comes back to haunt her, basically. And it affects her family. But then as the movie goes on, we realize it affects the entire United States of America, Um, which is interesting. The film is called Us. Mm Mm-hmm. So then it can also be US, as in the United States. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't want to like, I don't want to like say everything up front, but I think that's the summary because
0: we're going to keep going into it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I don't yeah, want to
1: like, I don't want to spoil the spoilers,
0: is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that's a good recap of like what the movie is, is about. hmm. So, what were your initial thoughts?
1: Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that is so broad because it's such, it's so much in this film. Um, So, my initial thoughts was I did think it started um, slower than I anticipated. Okay. I. I thought it was shot very well. So I think cinematically, it's visually very beautiful film. Um, I absolutely love Lupita. Like if anyone is online and sees like all this hype and they're like, why are they hyping up Lupita like that? No, that is like, believe the hype. She's remarkable. She's a tour de force in the entire film. She is the entire film.
0: For me, that's one of the things that stood out the most, mm-hmm. her acting. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the first thing. And I think that wasn't the main reason why I went to see the movie, because I love all the work that she has done in the past. So when I saw that you know she was going to be the protagonist of this movie, I was like, yes, I have to go watch it.
1: Yeah. There are parts where I was just like, oh, wait, I think I missed something. So I do actually do want to go back and see it again I think it's I think it's good like it's like such a good film that makes you like on edge on like Mm -hmm. on the edge of your seat and then like really think um there's just so much there's like so much (laughs) it's um highly allegorical a lot of biblical um Illusions in it. Um, it's obviously a metaphor. It's very, I remember very precisely when... Um, so, in the film, when Lupita gets lost as a child, her character gets lost as a child, it's like the carnival on the pier, on the beach in Santa Cruz. And she... Her father is—it's her birthday, and her father is bowling. I believe is bowling, trying to win tickets to win a prize for her. Her mother leaves because her mother has to use the restroom. So Lupita is, and this was like what irked me so great, like so much, because I'm like, my parents, n- my parents always say this because they're like, you never have the child behind you; you always have them in front of you. And yes. it's just like it irks me like crazy. It's like, why are these people just like? They were, they were walking in the boardwalk, and she was behind
0: them. I'm like, who does that? Who does that? Oh, no, same thing I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, what, what type of parents are these? Like, why would they let her, the child just roam around like that? Like, my parents would never,
1: ever, ever, ever. But obviously, it served a very specific device, because yeah. if
0: she was in front
1: of them, <laughs> she wouldn't have gotten lost. <laughs> the movie wouldn't exist. yeah. And then while she walks through the ocean, there's this um, funhouse, House House of Mirrors, um, which very, uh, this like stood out to me, and I understood while I was piecing things together, I was like, oh, this makes sense. But um, the funhouse has a Native American chief, and it's like a forest kind of thing. So then she goes in, and it's Really weird, like she can't even get out, and it's like uh-huh. mirrors, and she's it's really this is really for me, I was very nervous for her. This is like the height of like my anxiety very early on in the film okay. um and then she turns around and then there's a little girl who's exactly like her behind her, and it's very clearly not a reflection, so um in the film, we realize that. They're like there's um a second doppelganger. There's like a different person <laughs> who is you but not you. Um and so we you know, were introduced to Adelaide's doppelganger as a child, and then we don't really know what happens when she does meet her doppelganger. And later on, when she goes back to San Cruz and they're on the beach and then they come home um, Adelaide has a very specific feeling and she's like, I want to leave because I feel like things are lining up. Um, and the experience that I had in that fun house, I feel like now is going to come back to haunt me again, meaning she thinks the little girl that she saw her doppelganger is going to come back and do whatever, like there's unfinished business, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, And the thing that really stood out to me (laughs) was when, yes, Adelaide's doppelganger came back with a family so it was like a mirror image or well, semi mirror image because yeah. there's something very clearly off with the other the, the, family the other family and then in the fi- in the film they're called the tethered so yeah. they're connected to the people who live above ground in some kind of way um and when they come and they infiltrate Adelaide's like lake home. And Adelaide goes, Adelaide, I think she was the one who asked, or it was either her or her son Jason, and he someone asked, like, who are you people? And the doppelganger goes, We're Americans. I was like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> that was such a weird, like, what does that even mean? I mean, I knew what it meant, but <laughs> obviously it meant like the lived in the United States. Um, but in terms of like the metaphor, it, um, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, what is Jordan? What are you doing? My mind. Um, so my, my initial read into this metaphorically, Um, And if we go back to the very beginning of the film before there's any like action on screen, there's um, the little thing that says, you know, there are millions of like tunnels and entryways in the United States that have been abandoned and no one knows their known usage. Um, And they talked about subways. um, That's really much what I remember. (laughs) But when I was leading that one of the very first things that came to mind was like, Oh, there's like abandoned tunnels. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what the slaves use for the underground railroad. Right. So I immediately made the association of the underground railroad, even before I saw the film, those first two, three sentences on screen. And then when Lupita's uh, doppelganger says, well, we're Americans, I'm thinking, oh, okay, so there's, like, a slave connection here um, in that, like, the, the, the tethered are the others, and for the longest time, people who were slaves or descendants of slaves as well as, like, Native Americans or basically non-white people in this yeah. country have been seen as other Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, so the tethered are the othered, but they're still part of this, this country. So they still exist in a system where there's they're not even really regarded as humans.
0: Mm, I get it. Okay. So <clears throat> for me, it reminded me of something else, especially when at the beginning of the movie they, there's like... um uh, that reference that there's like a lot of abandoned tunnels and mm-hmm. all that. It reminded me of an article that I read a while ago mm-hmm. about New York's wall people. Uh huh. And it's basically people that have gone through a traumatic experience at some point in their life, lost everything, became homeless. Mm-hmm. And now they call the subway tunnels their home. Mm-hmm. And so this article, it's, Pretty lengthy, but I read the entire thing about the reporter that he goes into these tunnels to interview some of the people that are Mm -hmm. living there. And a few of them talk about how after a while of living in the tunnels, they want to come back into society, but they have a hard time adjusting or people don't accept them. They don't see them as part of society because they're not being productive or whatever. And so then the only thing that they have to call home is the, the, the life that they made uh, in, in these tunnels. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of.
1: Yeah. I do remember actually reading, because um, after I saw the film, I was like, I need more context. Um, <laughs> you know how I am. Yes. I actually did read, um, they did mention mole people. Mm-hmm. So when I was talking about the Underground Railroad, I actually was able to pull up some... Uh, we can, we can probably link this um, article because it talks about the, um, it does touch upon the metaphors. And the, the one thing that I remembered, I said, I just explained, I see it in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit from it. And it's okay. from Vox.com. And this is where Peel's metaphorical work pays off. Because once we start thinking about the underground as an allegorical space that represents dehumanized and marginalized body, then suddenly we, in quotation marks, are forced to contend with the troubling idea that perhaps the only thing separating us, quotation marks, from the various thems, quotation, society's countless marginalized communities, are chance and privilege. Mm-hmm. And Even this isn't enough for us to fully sever us. We are all, as the movie repeats, tethered not only to each other, but to the sins of our country's past and present, to the people and the cultures we have tried to erase and diminish. Wow. That's what came to my mind when she said we're Americans. I was like, oh, oh. (laughs) yeah oh (laughs) what also came to my mind when she said that was here's my thing I need to understand exactly how the tethered became tethered do you know what I'm saying because at one point she also says to Adelaide she goes we were born different and wondering, like, what, how, what does that mean? Like, how, who orchestrated this? Because if we're going by this logic that it's like an allegory about, you know, the country's past and its erasure and separation and dehumanization of people, that didn't happen out of nature. All of this happened out of design. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. This entire hemisphere <laughs> happened out of the design of European expansionism and colonialism Mm -hmm. every single country here.
0: Yeah, that is a good question that that you bring up because I was also wondering the same thing, like how how did they get to to that place where they are now? Mm -hmm. Like obviously maybe a certain event, in history or someone created that i don't know i think it's someone created that
1: and like when she said we're americans i'm like well that has to mean the government the government cloned people and i think (laughs) jordan did actually set up the film to like um have a sequel which i'm hoping there is actually and i really do need explanation as to like Okay, what government project went awry? Like I don't know, like even the founding of this, own, like this particular settler colonial <laughs> government.
0: <laughs>
1: it, I wouldn't say it went awry because I'm I was there when the forefathers created. I'm also first generation American, um, and my history is different. Um, I don't have like four, five, seven generations here oh, right. in the United States. So I can't, like, say, like, oh, everything went awry. I don't know what their intention was specifically. But, like, you know, yeah, genociding Native Americans, hmm, that's going to come back and bite you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having people as chattel and property to build up the, like, the industrial revolution in the United States and to like you know, further the growth of this country and further imperialistic causes, that's going to come back and bite you. Mm-hmm. Having wars where you're bombing black and brown people across the way or going into other countries where you're actively supporting and propping up civil wars in those countries, that, yeah, is going to come back to bite you. Yep. <laughs> and that's what, like, that um, comes to mind when I think of that uh, allegory and that metaphor, especially right. when Lupita was like, she's coming
0: back. And I'm like, mm, so. But here's the thing. You know mm-hmm. how you were mentioning right now about, you know, how, like, the government basically goes into countries, causes all this chaos, but then mm-hmm. eventually it's going to come back to haunt them? mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's kind of like the Lupita's problem well, not not Lupita, but the character. hmm that she knew what she had done, so she was afraid. mm hmm
1: I'm glad that you say that. Mm-hmm.
0: that like her, her uh, doppelganger was going to come back for her, because she knew. hmm Um, and here's another thing now that we're mentioning, you know, how your actions basically have consequences. And at one point or another, they're going to catch up to you. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you remember the guy that was by the boardwalk with the sign that said Jeremiah 11, 11. Yeah. I am, I am Catholic, but I do not read the Bible like that. So I had to look this up because it did come a few times in the movie. Mm hmm. And so the particular verse that they were referencing is the following. I'm going to read it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Therefore thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Mm-hmm. So... If i'm not mistaken this this is similar to what we're saying right now, like humans cause i guess like their own suffering, yes, right <laughs> yes,
1: so climate change is one thousand percent a human a human cause mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it it seems that way it seems like it doesn't seem like all the time it's, like, I cause my own suffering, but right. other people, so, like, if we're thinking of each other as, like, one human race... hmm Yeah, um, exactly. There are people... It's not very horizontal. It's very hierarchical, especially how it is built in this country. We are very... <laughs> we're very um, class and race, like, stratified. So, like, there's, you know... There's that term white supremacy, which literally means there's something more supreme than the other. Mm-hmm. So, but we're all humans, right? Right. But if this one group of humans thinks they're better than others, they're going to cause other grievances onto other humans. Yes. Exactly. So humans cause suffering is mm-hmm. like it, precisely the right thing, to, like how I see it as well. You explain um, that more and, better than I do. <laughs> and I love that you brought up the whole Lupita thing because Karen, I was so confused for a quick second and then I kind of figured it out but I didn't realize until the very very end when obviously Jordan like makes it clear that like Lupita Lupita's character, the one that's out uh, above ground is the f- tethered. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I was like, wait, she is making those same sounds as the other ones. Yes. She was making the same sounds while she was strangling Adelaide. Yes. yes. And I was like, wait, I'm confused like is like is she then like taking on the characteristics like what's going on? Yeah. And then I was like, oh wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh Uh-oh. Oops. Yeah.
0: That's when it clicked for me. That when she started making those sounds, I was just like, no. She switched places.
1: So, when it comes to Lupita's character, when I was talking about um, when you, when, you know, things happen and it comes back to bite you in the butt. Yeah. Like, you feel, like, guilty, apprehension, and things like that. And you're like, that means Lupita's character feels guilty. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because she actually, in this dynamic, is, I wouldn't say oppressor, but she is definitely the one who is not
0: her, her. She's not the one who's really the victim. The fact that she was able to take Adelaide's position, I guess she kind of saw it as a way out. Mm-hmm. Of the situation that she had been put in, mm-hmm. and but of course, once going back to that beach, she knew what she had done, so she had the fear that it that it was going to come back to bite her, basically. Yeah, she mentions how she was, she has to lead her people to mm-hmm. to safety or something like that. I can't recall exactly the words that she. That she um, used, I think it's to to, to lead the tether from doom, something like that. Mm-hmm. She had planned this all along, even from when like she was younger, which she does reveal later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. That basically that was like the whole plan as to why she took Adeline's position, I mean place. Yeah, I feel like it's once you dig into deeper into this movie, there is a lot that's still not answered. Oh, yeah. I just need to
1: know how. I think it's about 6 million people who live as tethered, or is it worldwide? I'm not sure. How is it they're all living in one facility? How is the facility so maintained? Right? Where are all those rabbits coming from?
0: Well, someone on Twitter did make a point about the rabbits, where they said that because rabbits are the animals that are able to reproduce themselves Fairly quickly compared to others. That's true. That gives, um, you know, they have like food all the time.
1: Yeah. I think it got scarier when it was revealed that like it wasn't just a one off, like, oh, she has a, you know, feral twin that's running around. Oh, yeah. When it was like, oh, everyone has someone attached to them. Everyone has, like, a shadow. Yeah. Because
0: and- I thought that, you know, after they, they, they killed the, the family, mm-hmm. that was it, you know, like, it was going to be the next day and then they were going to find the explanation as to, like, where this other family came from. But no, then it turns out that I think, like, the whole area was being attacked. hmm so, obviously, that brought more questions as to, like, where all these people were coming from. And what was their end goal? Like, did they plan on just taking over the lives of the people that they were killing?
1: That's an interesting, yeah. Like, I didn't get it. Um, And then I wasn't sure what the commentary on, like, the hands across America was. Like, what was... Jordan trying to say because that's what they did. They like did their little massacre and then joined hands. Yeah.
0: So that's another question that, you know, was unanswered because then it's like, okay, so what's the point? What are you going to do now? No, I just
1: thought that I don't know. What, was he trying to say that, you know, because he definitely specifically put in like Hands Across America For a reason. Um, It was a cultural event that happened in 1986, and it was one of the things that, like, was the thing that I guess was holding hands is a connection, yes. (laughs) So it's like you are tethered somewhat (laughs) to the person's hand you're holding. Um, But it was pretty, it was a pretty ineffectual event. It was like, let's hold hands across America because we want to stop homelessness. And I'm like, yeah. that means nothing. That's all symbolism. Like, to stop homelessness is to undo capitalism. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> you can't just hold hands and be like, we're mm, going to stop all like people being poor. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it wasn't going to automatically happen just because 6.5 million people held hands.
1: Right. And then, like, America is a huge country. There is plains, there is deserts, there is (laughs) mountains in between. How is 6 million people going to hold hands across an entire country?
0: (laughs) I don't know how they got to the conclusion that it actually happened.
1: Yeah, so I'm wondering, is that like supposed to symbolize that we are actually not that connected of a country and were divided
0: well yeah if you think about it it does because how is it that no one was aware that these people were living underground Mm -hmm. so even though they claim for example like this hands across America that they wanted to portray that everyone was joining forces to help one another but in reality they're unaware of certain situations
1: yeah. It's very um it's very much a trap of uh like the very like you know we're going to do good but not do good. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like let's have a thing that appears that we're doing something good just because we want to be seen as like good people or like oh, that we yeah. actually care but like not really dig deep into, like, what are the systems that are in place that ha- leave people in situations like that in mm-hmm. the first place. Oh, my God, yes, it is. Yeah. This is. Oh, my goodness, I'm just making that connection right now. <laughs> <laughs> and to- that is literally activism. Yeah. Not, not all activism. I want to make that very clear. But that is, like, right after Trump was elected. And then there was, um, you know, people who would say, like, especially... Um, like, you know, the suburban um, white person who voted for Hillary and cannot believe that a terror like Trump is in the office and it's, you know, this is, democracy is crumbling and I can't believe it and, you know, women's rights are going to be taken away and it's like, you know, people of color and people who are marginalized, (laughs) Ben knew (laughs) that he was going to be very bad for this country. But it's not like it came out of nowhere. There were things that were set in place that led to Trump. Trump is not like a little... He's not the disease. He's a symptom of the disease. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: So the whole hands across America seems very much like... The people who did the safety pins, for example. I don't know if you ever heard of the safety pin initiative. Mm, No, what is that? It's basically if you saw a white person with a safety pin on them, you could tell that they were a good ally. That's them signaling to you that they're a good ally. And it's like, that does nothing if you are not utilizing your privilege mm-hmm. to help undo the system. Okay.
0: Oh, no, you know what this also reminded me of? The ice bucket challenge, I believe. Mm-hmm. It also reminded me of uh, something like that because then you only had a bunch of people doing this challenge for the gram or for facebook but they weren't really looking as to like what was the whole reasoning behind that
1: and mm-hmm.
0: donating
1: mm-hmm. or the fact that like you know this kind of treatment should be free just yeah. like medicare should be free <laughs> <laughs> and we should have a better comprehensive healthcare system in this country
0: exactly
1: yeah And more research yeah yeah wow that connection literally just (laughs) happened to me and i'm like oh okay now i get what you're saying jordan (laughs) there's a lot of messages there is that's why when you're like what are your initial react i was like oh where do i start
0: (laughs) um yeah because i also when i watched it obviously i was amazed at lupita's acting but Then I really didn't give it much thought up until the point where I had to do a little bit more research for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And now as we're talking about it, like so many new things are coming up. Mm -hmm. And I think someone else on Twitter did say this, that this is a type of movie that you have to watch more than once. Yes. To see like if you didn't miss anything the first time.
1: Yep. I will also be doing the same thing this weekend and probably a couple more weekends. I think it's a really good movie. I still think get up is my favorite, to be honest.
0: Okay. I have a confession. I know you didn't. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But the podcast listeners don't know. (laughs) I have not watched that movie so as i was reading the reviews for us a lot of people were comparing it to get out but because i haven't watched that movie i really didn't know mm-hmm. like what were they referencing please listeners don't come after me i know i have to watch it uh-huh. oh yeah this feels so so good
1: what did Ladies you guys, think of you the, um, the, the parents' yeah, performance? like, like Lu- Lupita's parent? Yeah, I'm like back and forth and like what, I, like I just didn't think the performances were that great, okay. to be honest. Okay. like you could like obviously they are I think they were acting like they were there's tension,, yeah. and um, you know, there's something deeply off fundamentally about their relationship Mm -hmm. badly (laughs) they didn't convey like they were all like in order to be that bitter you have to have had a history and have to be in love Mm -hmm. and they didn't even convey that there was something that changed so
0: deeply oh okay i didn't seem deep so it did it, seem like just two strangers.
1: It did. It seemed like two two people who were acting as if they're mad at each other.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why it didn't really feel like it was an actual family out on like a you know a regular it did, it family trip. So it felt
1: disjointed and did not feel. We, it felt very off. And I'm wondering if that was supposed to be part of it, or like it's just me nitpicking at the acting. I don't know. I feel like. Of course, Lupito's amazing, yeah. but everyone else pretty pretty much carried themselves well, too.
0: Yeah. I don't know if maybe that was, like you said, done on purpose to kind of, like, set the mood for the rest of the movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely go see it if you have the chance. Um, don't listen to anything. Don't watch anything. Like. Spo- and this is coming from me who's like oh i don't care about spoilers i would say don't get into like theories prior to going into it i think go into it with a clear set of uh clear head and then maybe do your own like metaphor your analysis with the like you know with the knowledge you already have like what oh, karen yeah. and i did like karen was able to draw on more people because that's something she mm-hmm. already had in her head and i was able to draw on like the underground railroad because uh, something I already had in my head and make those analysis and then maybe go online and Twitter and then obsess about it. But definitely don't before.
0: We highly encourage that you guys go watch this movie because right now it's one of the top box office movies is because over the weekend it made $70.3 million. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So cheers to that. So, so good. And I do have something to highlight. Nice. Okay. We like the- so, since we're on the topic of film and we discussed this movie in depth, it also reminded me of a novella. I know that movies and novellas are not the same thing, mm-hmm. but this particular novella that I used to watch with, with my mom all the time. It, it kind of like also brought memories of that so the novela is called la usurpadora mm-hmm. so i'm going to give you guys a quick little recap so basically these are two twin sisters that get separated at birth right mm-hmm. one lives this like really like rich fancy lifestyle and the other one is is broke she, her 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 mom has like this illness okay Eventually, the two sisters meet up and obviously realize they're twins. And so the rich one convinces the other sister to take her place because she wants to go on this year-long trip with her lover. And it kind of just reminded me a little bit about mm-hmm. us, because it's one sister taking the place of another. Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, they both knew what was going on, minus the rest of the world. Right. For all those people that used to watch novelas with their moms and their abuelitas, you guys know what I'm talking about. That's nice. the little highlight that I wanted to, to share with you, because it reminded me of this novela. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and another thing, because I feel like Netflix does not do a good job at promoting content that is from people of color. Mark it on your calendars. On My blog is about to come out. Yay. Yeah, new the new season comes out March 29th. So please make sure that you watch it as soon as it comes out, because from what I know, the views that it gets the first, I think, one or two weeks when it's released, that's what matters the most. I don't know, Dom, if you know more about this. I don't Netflix is notoriously shady about that stuff. Yeah, because when when they announced that they were gonna cancel one day at a time, I saw a couple of tweets saying that the views that it gets during the first few weeks, those are the ones that matter. So even though a lot of us went back into Netflix and rewatched the entire show five or six times, it really didn't count anymore. That's yeah. what I know. I, but like you said, yeah, Netflix I is like, very shady.
1: That doesn't make sense to me because like this company is like a hundred million dollars in debt making movies and original content and like Whoa. they have to think about you didn't know that? They're like no? Yeah. It was, like, a huge news story, like, last year, like two years ago. It was just, like, oh, we're this much in debt, but it's, like, for a greater cause, because we need to make content, original content that changes people's lives, blah, 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 blah. Of course. <laughs> um, And it's, like, money isn't obviously... A, I don't know. It's, like, yes, they're a huge corporation, so money is the bottom line, but, like, the way they go about getting that isn't the priority. So, like... Saying you have to cut one day at a time for financial purpose, like it, the, like that it logic doesn't, make doesn't
0: hold up. Yeah, when they drop a the whole bunch of money for other series.
1: Yeah, it is. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, so just make sure you guys watch on my blog because personally, I loved it, and I want to see more seasons of it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, this feels so so good. We them guys anyone you want sense you to sense to help Ice like the- yes oh yes because so, they're wild like what's going on they are just going after everyone for no freaking reason
1: yeah so there's been two stories out <gasps> sorry cut that
0: <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: Okay. Hold on. Let me start over again. Okay. So there's been two stories that's come out. Um, one, she is a flight attendant. Um, and she was assured that she could make the flight to Mexico um, by her employer and was detained mm-hmm. regardless. And that's, I, the whole story is heartbreaking um, and would give you the worst kind of trust issues in the world after going through that. And then I believe there's also a story about a nine-year-old U.S. citizen yeah. who is held at the border.
0: Yeah. Apparently for, for the little girl, they asked her some questions. And if I'm not mistaken, I think she's eight years old. Mm-hmm. And she didn't answer correctly according to them, and that's why oh they detained her. Goodness! An eight-year-old. Um, come on! Why? Why do people Why? That's why I'm telling you. They just decide to go after everyone, and then an 8 year old Like if you think about it, being questioned like that, of course they're going to get nervous. They're going to get anxious, and uh, I don't know. I just Also feel like, like
1: what vocabulary does an eight-year-old have? Right. I still. I'm going on 28 and have zero vocabulary
0: <laughs> so the, they just seem to be going after like the most nonsense cases basically
1: right yeah so they are I mean they're perpetually where I put them
0: <laughs> but I do want
1: to call attention to um, these this to people's attention because still 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 The trauma that's being inflicted on communities who just want to migrate is just terrifying. So please keep your eyes peeled, even if you don't hear, like, you know, there's a a caravan and there's mass migration and that's slowed down. Don't think that because the movement of people have slowed down that, like, the abuse has slowed down because it has not yeah and that's how news works news works to only report like the most salacious Mm -hmm. and the most like topical thing but these things don't go away it's not like oh it happened during the summer and now we're not caging children anymore and like no no there's still abuse happening still people being separated it's just like just really keep these things in your mind Definitely. Mhm. Okay. Um, yeah. And on that sad note, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, please make sure to subscribe. Mhm. Give us your reviews because that matter. Because all these freaking algorithms, you know, are trying to work against us. Mhm. <laughs> and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So catch you guys on the next
1: episode. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with love is part of Anthology House Media.